lot of people uh, don't do their due diligence in trying to find the right person who's ethical. The purity of the substances used is not known, especially street substances. And so you don't know what you're getting and uh, who's to follow you up. So I think caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. Part of the process is knowing where and how to choose the right person and to do your research and to realize that you don't need to spend tens of thousands of dollars to have this experience. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Fifeson. On this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Alexander Shester. He's a medical doctor and board-certified psychiatrist and Jungian analyst who has over 30 years of experience studying and participating in guided psychedelic vision quests using shamanic principles. Dr. Shester has a long history of experience in the use of psychedelics and he'll share his insights on their resurgence and potential for healing and transformation. He's just written a new book entitled Visionary Healing psychedelic medicine, and shamanism. Dr. Shester also has been a lecturer and workshop seminar leader, focusing on topics such as Jungian psychology, transpersonal psychology, men's studies, shamanism, and psychedelics. So whether or not you're new to psychedelics or have long been intrigued by their potential benefits, this episode will be an insightful and thought-provoking discussion that you just can't miss. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Shester. Hey, 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 Dr. Alex Shester. What is happening, my friend? What is going on? Hey, 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 this is what's going on. <laughs> Love it, man. Thank you. Okay. How, how you doing over there? Well, I'm doing well in California. And you're oh. in New York City nearly or Yeah, close? yeah. Well you're you're on you're on the right coast. I'm actually they say I'm on the right coast, but like there's so many things happening in California. I mean the whole cannabis revolution, the the psychedelic revolution, all of that. And you know, I'm I'm really just so privileged to have you on the show because you were there like you've you've been there. You you've you've traveled the road and you've done a lot of work and you're now out with this incredible book called visionary healing psychedelic medicines and shamanism wow what what is that all about well you know when you get to be my ripe old age you start oh. back on your life and what you've done and what you've yeah. learned and uh, i've had quite a few experiences and i know really that this whole psychedelic renaissance is starting to happen once again for mm -hmm. its positive and negative aspects but um during COVID, i had you know more time to think and luckily i had a lot of uh, psychonautical adventures with several mm -hmm. shamans the mm -hmm. more particularly ralph metzner mm -hmm. who's a psychologist and amazing a amazing some of the some of the stuff you've written about and your work with Ralph Metzner has been, I mean, I, I, I jumped into this book and I really felt like I, I went through the looking glass. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, he died about three years ago, but um, even though I see him as one of the pioneers of the psychedelic renaissance that's going on, he's 
not really, he's been somewhat neglected, you know, by a lot of the people these days. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would, was very important to bring his teaching out. I mean, he went back to the 1960s where mm -hmm. he worked with Tim Leary, Richard Alpert, who's Ram Dass, doing Simon studies in Harvard. And although Tim Leary and Richard Alpert had their other trajectories, Ralph continued on with uh, yoga, energy meditations, mm -hmm. and psychedelic uh, <clears throat> use of psychedelics for healing and envisioning and developed a whole program mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where he started leading these psychedelic circles that uh, mm -hmm. he's very honored to be invited to and then participate for over 20 years with mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Four times now, you've, now you've traveled now you've traveled both roads. I mean, I read your bio, you you were in the Air Force, you became interested in Jung, you went to medical school, you wound up uh, becoming a bit disillusioned with that, you became a psychiatrist, then you're an analyst. You are a Jungian analyst, and you're also involved with this shamanic training. And um, you've your book really is so insightful because you not only talk about it from a scientific viewpoint, you also talk about it from an experiential viewpoint. And then you bring in the whole shaman aspects of it with uh, Ralph Metzner. Tell me, when you talk about his approach, what was it that was so um, different about about that from your viewpoint you know what what did he bring to it that maybe is missing today well i think the main issues were uh he brought in the shamanic uh method and, mm -hmm. and shamanism is not a religion it's it's a method of healing that goes back thousands of years so he was able to appropriate a lot mm -hmm. of the customs of indigenous tribes native tribes mm -hmm brought it into uh, modern Western psychology hmm. to be used. And the main things, of course, uh, were developed, you know, the idea of the medicine circle, mm -hmm. uh, the, the four directions, the six directions of the, hmm. the tree, and how <clears throat> combining shamanic meditations and orientations, hmm. uh, how that could guide into a deep, deep soul journey Mm. healing yourself from mm -hmm. things and as well as visioning things but developing spiritual and other types mm -hmm. of visions about nature mm -hmm. so using the shamanic techniques mm -hmm. he made it very safe and sacred mm. to be able to travel to these other worlds in altered states using various medicines <clears throat> and he used um, mm -hmm. a lot of the major medicines uh, including ayahuasca, mm -hmm. psilocybin, San Pedro cactus, mm -hmm. iboga, which is <clears throat> ibogaine, mm -hmm. and uh, jurema, which is an ayahuasca analog, toad, which is mm -hmm. a derivative. Mm -hmm. He did just did not bring in peyote, which he felt right. was sacred to the Native Americans, and uh, he didn't want to appropriate their, mm -hmm. their culture and all that. Mm -hmm. But then I did work with a peyote shaman before I started working with mm. Ralph for mm -hmm. but, you know, a number of years uh, where he would do circles in the mm -hmm. Navajo method uh, mm. using mm -hmm. peyote. So I've had this incredible experience with all these different medicines mm -hmm. right. for exploration. Wow. And, you know, it really helped me in terms of my own healing, which mm -hmm. only partially got uh, healed mm -hmm. up, I think, through 
psychoanalysis, Jungian analysis, mm-hmm. um, therapy, oh. and different things. So wow, was- wow, Alex, you're opening up so many, so many kind of like questions for me, because you know one of the things that I noticed with in the book, and I thought it was just so rich. You have so many incredible illustrations and so many diagrams. You know is you had the Ralph Metzner, uh, you know, view of the cosmic tree, you know, and that 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 wonderful cosmic tree sort of starting in the underworld, the caves, the grottos, the wise men, the wise women, and, you know, really understanding the comparatives between the Native American and the Nordic Europeans. And, you know, I thought that was really so, so rich. And then you went into the Kabbalah, the mystical tree of God, you know, and really those comparisons with the uh, tree of life diagram that he put together, apparently, um, you know, which is, you know, really roots all the way down to the original nature, all the way up to the life fire, the earth wisdom, you know, it's that it's just seems to me to be this such rich, uh, you know, uh, collection of not only stories, but science, shamanism, and really understanding the richness of this. I'm wondering from your viewpoint, when we talk about shamanism, you know, the rise of psychedelics, um, how is what you learned, you know, different from, let's say, today's shaman? Do you think? That's uh, interesting. (laughs) Today's shaman, I don't know what their background is. Uh Uh, psychologically, spiritually, but it Mm. seems that, you know, with the psychedelic revolution, it's created a bandwagon effect where a lot of people want to hop onto it, Mm -hmm. especially with the new treatment modalities utilizing or being researched for using psychedelics, Mm. things Mm -hmm. like ketamine and psilocybin. It's just every, as you probably know as a podcaster, that every day I get things on the internet Mm -hmm. with the teaching courses, how to Mm. do it online, how to become a psychedelic assistant, Mm -hmm. psychedelic therapist. Mm -hmm. It uh, is very interesting. I mean, the shamanic Mm. techniques, uh, you have to be careful with them because a lot of it is appropriated from indigenous cultures and we're not really, Mm. what are we giving back to them when we appropriate it into Western medicine and psychology and into integrated Mm. medicine? So it's important to give credit Mm. where we're getting this and see how it interfaces. I think the one thing being a doctor and a psychiatrist Mm. and a psychoanalyst is uh, we just have taken so much. We realize there's only so far it can take you. Mm. And I think uh, Eastern philosophy, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting and indigenous healing Mm -hmm. techniques and what happened throughout all cultures is very ripe now to not appropriate in terms of steel, but realize mm-hmm. we need to integrate that into our Western approaches in order to for healing and visioning. Mm-hmm. Medicines, regular psychotherapy can take you so far and they're very good. I'm not putting them mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. but there are people like me and other people who've been disillusioned by that approach only and the rigidity of it and the reductionism. Mm. They were mm-hmm. really uh, wanting to have direct experiences, mm-hmm. not interpretations by therapists or mm-hmm. by dream analysts and uh, mm-hmm. the intellectual part of it, but uh, mm-hmm. really have an experience of going into this unknown space. Mm-hmm. It's very frightening. So you have to create a safe mm-hmm. 
environment and set and setting and intention in order to travel there safely. And that's one thing I think Ralph was an expert guide. Number one, he was ethical. Mm -hmm. He never saw himself as a guru, mm -hmm. never wanted to be attributed to that. Mm -hmm. He was a guide and a teacher. Mm -hmm. And he, he wrote, as you know, lots of incredible books. Mm -hmm. He also was very much into each person having a direct experience and seeing the medicines mm -hmm. themselves, the mm -hmm. plants and even some of the synthetic medicines mm -hmm. as having spirit molecules that open mm -hmm. up mm -hmm your your mind right. into uh, seeing things completely differently that you can go and find healing not only from your parents but your ancestors right and uh, mythical right. figures that come you come in contact with spirit guides with animals stone mm. people mm. mineral mm -hmm. the mineral realm and all, all kinds of things not truly just a shamanic shoot truly a shamanic journey so you know what you're talking about to me sounds a little like uh, what happened with m mindfulness you know, in the term uh, Mick mindfulness, you know, where, you know, there's mindfulness on every corner. You're not necessarily learning the undertenants or the roots of mindfulness, which are really steeped in Buddhism and really understanding the virtues and the values around that. You're just learning how to breathe, you know, which is which is OK. It's OK to learn how to breathe. You know, that's very important. But what you're talking about is sort of what I read in the book about something you wrote about Terence McKenna, who had a relationship who said, you know, uh, through the use of psilocybin, you can have this relationship with mushrooms or and or uh, consider them to be messengers within nature, between nature and animals, really having this, you know, this interrelationship where you recognize that you're one a part of the whole rather than, you know, just being um, a human being, let's say, in the therapist office who put on the eye shades and just had this cool experience. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, McKenna, of course, you know, he uh, said he had this famous quote and mm -hmm. Ralph also said, uh, sometimes the, the plants know more about us than we know about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Whether it's actually a spirit molecule or whether it's just a chemical gateway that opens up the radio receiver, our brain, to mm -hmm. into different frequencies, right, and right, new neural networks and programs. Well, yeah, I mean the neuroscience viewpoint of it is as you're shutting down the DMT, the default mode network, so right. you, so that you can go into the subconscious brain, so you can gain access to your subconscious thoughts, which are ninety-five percent of your brain activity anyway. I mean, you know, so, but that's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about this surrealistic, you know, ephemeral, effable, ineffable, you know, kind of experience, right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's it's very potent. And, uh, you know, my relationship to the medicines is not so much mm -hmm. microdosing to enhance creativity or... Mm treating depression that is treatment resistant. I mean, that's all going on now, but that's where the proliferation is. Well, I'm not going to talk to you about microdosing. That's a whole other subject, right? It's a whole other subject. I'm talking <laughs> about uh, the deep psychedelic experience where right. you, it takes a bit of a warrior to go into it. The and heroic dose is what we're talking about here, right? No, a heroic dose would be a high dose where it completely dissolves you so you can't really work with it until you come back down and it's metabolized right. more. Right. But what I'm saying, a psychedelic dose that 
takes you to that where you can get some molecular healing that you're maybe mm. conscious of but as you come back and your ego starts getting involved in a relationship with these mm. entities that you experience within mm-hmm. start asking questions mm. uh, about you know what i need for my healing or what's mm. going on being stuck and as you know in my book i talk about very personal issues too my own mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. career burnout yeah and how i uh, how these medicines help me come to terms with it and heal mm. well, it's, you know, child wow. abuse and things like that which i uh only went so far in my therapy but this really was able to get me into the experience right. seeing it from a different point of view as an adult right looking right. at those memories mm-hmm. my dismemberment mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. psyche is as, as a right. young person and to remember it mm-hmm. and right. bring it back into the mindful reorganize it reset reboot reboot reset reframe yeah and bring it back to the present bring it back and uh, because that's where it ultimately in mindfulness and with me right has to be integrated great i'm glad you i'm glad you brought up mindfulness i'm glad you brought up mindfulness well i i want to give your uh <laughs> well this is called the mindfulness experience but one of the things you said in your book and you talk about it and by the way you know the way you bring yourself in your own experiences as as i said at the very beginning you bring uh, an authenticity to your book which is really based on not only your you know scientific intellectual perspective and your view and your in-depth study of shamanism and so on but your own personal experiences as well as some of your wonderful artwork so i i just want to lift that up i mean you've just done such a phenomenal job but in your book you talk about ways to prolong the acute changes resulting from a journey using mindfulness can you speak to that and what is that what does that mean well i mean there are a lot of spiritual window shoppers out there who love the transcendent experience because mm. it can be it can be frightening but it also can be enlightening and transcendent and mm. insightful the problem with that if left alone tends over a, a period of weeks to months go away and you're back to your uh, your old neurotic or your own basic mm. self so the <laughs> idea is how do you take an experience that's so powerful and put it into everyday use and actually mm. change the one thing that i tried to emphasize in my book mm-hmm. was the difference between transcendence and transformation mm. insight and behavioral change and all mm-hmm. the therapists who are listening in mm-hmm. know that that's the bottleneck with any of their clients mm-hmm. is that it's easy to find have insight the os Mm-hmm. but difficult to make change. Mm-hmm. I think that's where meditation, mindfulness, mm-hmm. a daily work activity, mm-hmm. either do some writing, meditating or working with a a therapist who's familiar with altered states and the territory mm-hmm. can help you integrate because integration mm-hmm. integration of a transcendent experience is the difficult mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. ultimately what we want to do is evolve progress mm-hmm. in our individuation and in our development mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. we uh, work through traumas and also start right. seeing more positive things and that involves the hard work of mindfulness right having that recognition yeah. and choice making a different choice right you and know yeah. you given choices yeah inside and with psychedelics mm-hmm. those are only choices you have to take mm-hmm. those choices and make right. decisions right for the mindfulness i think right. 
is a very powerful tool mm -hmm. and necessary tool in order mm -hmm. to create behavioral change and integration. Right, right. Well, I, you know, someone else uh, had talked about it in terms of, you know, you get set setting, uh, you know, in, which involves your certainly your intention and the surroundings that you're in. And then uh, integration and activation. I like that term activation, you know, the ability to go ahead and take all of the learnings and all the insights that you've had, and then being able to actually put them into place based on making the right decisions, following through, making the commitments. Because as I've always said, the nature of commitment is challenge. You know, once you make a commitment to something, you get challenged. You say, okay, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden you bump up against yourself. That's the hard work. You bump up against the greatest teacher in yourself, which is called the shadow in Jungian terms. Oh, good. Uh, and good. you have to like look at that good. and uh, integrate it and good. see that and stop projecting it onto other people and other yeah. groups, politically, religiously, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the shadow. I love the I love the conversations about the shadow. Can we do that? So you talk about purging toxicity in, uh, you know, as one of the things in your background and also you talk about uh the dangers of the shadow side of psychedelics you mentioned like a incident in the hot tub and you know you mentioned that a couple of times certainly in terms of the book itself uh and making sure that you have the right formulations and and other areas but there is the shadow side of the work isn't there i mean it's it's not all love and light and you know people not, not everybody has a a good journey you know oh no, not everybody not a, transforms it's not only about people who just seek enlightenment they they go mm -hmm. to a, as i mentioned uh, they go to a mountaintop and want to get their hair parted by a light beam mm. but they don't ask <laughs> <laughs> what good does it do their, their hair brother. parted by a light beam i'm going to borrow that that's really that's brilliant their <laughs> hair parted by a light beam <laughs> What's the good of that if you're not good to your friends and families down on the ground? You know, and uh, I know Robert Bly, when I worked with him over uh, for years, him and Michael, they, he talked about endarkenment. Uh -huh. Before enlightenment, a person mm -hmm. has to be pounced on and pulled down from and clawed mm -hmm. by a mm -hmm. leopard, a panther, and brought mm -hmm. into the ground face down, mm -hmm. face their pain, their roots. Mm -hmm or they can really go to paradise. It's just mm. like Dante. I mean, you can't mm -hmm. go straight to paradise. You have to have the descent into the inferno, then right. purgatorio, and then finally paradiso if you're uh, fortunate enough. But I think that it's it's important to know that mm -hmm. there is a shadow side to the psychedelic movement that it's mm -hmm. reminiscent of the Tim Leary days where mm -hmm. he espoused that everyone should just tune in and drop out and do this and what happens once something becomes collective and everyone starts getting on a bandwagon you get some uh, not so ethical human creatures involved mm -hmm. and uh, right. wanting to make money or getting known right. their power needs right. or want to be part of someone who's being seen as mm -hmm. yeah. so there's a lot of people now leading circles mm -hmm. and guides and uh, mm -hmm. i'm not sure how much they've done their work i, I mm. think it's a little different now than larry and that there's mm -hmm. a lot more known and research mm -hmm. about psychedelics and all the right. different things like twenty-two thousand research papers now so but that doesn't mean much it just gives people more you know more more of a license to kill yeah <laughs> that's a <laughs> 
Anyway, so you got all kinds of people. I've, I've known people who've died during psychedelics by not having people uh, with prepared for emergencies that occur, uh, spiritual emergencies, physical emergencies. Uh, two people I know have drowned mm. hot tubs under the mm. influence and they had heart attacks or just mm. decided to leave. I don't know. But right. And then we had that recent uh, thing that happened in the plane. You saw that one where the, the guy was on mushrooms and he, he sort of, he went crazy. He went into the plane. He took the mushrooms before he went on the plane and then he like tried to bring the plane down. Yeah, you got that. But you also got you know people who are doing sweat lodge ceremonies who who mm -hmm. died from heat exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people are making a lot of money, but they mm -hmm. are getting known because they're charismatic. Mm -hmm. But uh, they don't have follow up. Mm -hmm. So you can go and spend fourteen thousand dollars and go to the mm -hmm. Costa Rica hotel and do ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. and have your one phone call follow-up but you, that's it one really they care and then they tend to blame mm -hmm. the client if right. they're having a bad trip not looking at themselves and then mm -hmm. of course there's a lot of instances of mm -hmm. sexual mm -hmm. boundary violations that right. go on which, right. I, th I think your point your points are a really good one i you know one of the things that came up in my mind was the saying you know if you want to if you want to lay down a good garden you need to lay down a lot of your manure in order to go ahead and plant the seeds and then you got to seed it you got to feed it you got to weed it and you got to grow it you know so it's just a, a lot of work you know this 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 life is not easy i mean we all get our big traumas and little traumas and if we're lucky we get to work through them and we get to look at them and and have a different narrative right yeah a lot of people want of course a quick cure whether it's through a Right. medication from a psychiatrist and they don't want to do any work or whether they do psychedelics mm -hmm. and it's just not going to pan out this you know uh ketamine and uh, which is having a renewal now and uh in psychiatry and there's a lot right. of ketamine clinics mm -hmm. that are unsupervised now that are going on there's and the psilocybin retreats and things like that mm -hmm. that are going on there's mm -hmm. It's just no regulation, not enough regulation. So what happens eventually is what happened in Tim Leary. You get a collective thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people uh, don't do their due diligence mm -hmm. in trying to find the right person who's ethical. The purity of the substances used is not known, especially street substances. Right. And so you don't know what you're getting and uh, who's mm -hmm. to follow you up. So there are a lot of people led to the slaughter, so to speak. So I think caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. Mm -hmm. Part of the process is knowing where and how to choose the right person and to do your research and to mm -hmm. realize that you don't need to spend right. tens of thousands of dollars to have this experience. And as mm -hmm. you know, I, uh, there's a lot of ecotourism. With oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Just, you know, Peru. between Argentina, Brazil, Peru, Mexico. You, you know, can buy ayahuasca from a street vendor. That's right. You can. They'll, they'll give it to you in a little, like a little to-go cup. Yeah. yeah so everyone, <laughs> to-go cup, let me ring this home. So what yeah. I'm trying to say is that yeah. it's difficult to find mm -hmm. a, a really good guide. Mm -hmm. And you want to, who's ethical and uh, mm -hmm. knows the territory, you know, and has done it for a few years. Mm -hmm. Not somebody right. who just wants to get on the bandwagon that's taken 50 psilocybin trips and then... Right. I'm an expert. 
Yeah. So let me ask you a question. You know, one of the things, as I said, you know, I really love the way you weave archetypes, shamanism, science, spirituality, and you include, you know, this this area of our impact on, you know, Mother Earth and the, you know, the human pollution issue, the food waste issues that we've got. I mean, you really kind of bring it all home. I'm I'm wondering, and there's something that you talk about in the book, and I, I just kind of, I have to ask this question. You know, what role do religions or churches, in your view, what what role have they played and what role are they playing or can they play? Because it sounds like this is really a mystical, you know, it's a mystical path. I mean, it's a path that really leads to self-enlightenment. But at the same point, it is, from a shaman's viewpoint, it's very different than our traditional religions but yet if you like read into it many of the old religions have used plant medicines and yet today we find that there's this new you know upsurgence if you will this new rise of these psychedelic churches so i'm really kind of looking at this and i'm wondering you know like in order to do this is it your view that you need to have a mystical experience that's led by someone who's credible or does it have to be a shamanic experience like with uh you know someone who has the credibility and you know the the certificates on their wall like i do well i want to just say about the certificates i've got plenty of them you know <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be ethical exactly you know phds mds uh you know a lot of uh, greed and unethical people who you can't hide you can't hide behind those they, they do mm -hmm. give maybe a small degree of credibility that you've done some work but and sometimes uh, it's even worse with the people who have them so watch out that's right seriously yeah. Alex actually said sometimes mm -hmm. knowing enough about a subject can be more dangerous than not knowing <laughs> anything about it. but um true back to the religion question uh -huh. it's a difficult one because mm -hmm. it it depends how flexible a person is with their religion versus how rigid they are. Mm. Religions, uh, I think the difference between spirituality and organized religion has all, always been the mm -hmm. conflict. And mm. I think every major religion, organized religion, has mystical traditions. Mm -hmm. The Kabbalah for Judaism, you know, uh, the Gnostics and mm -hmm. uh, Christianity right. and certainly in Islam, and we certainly from the East, we know, you know the Sufis, yeah, mm -hmm. Sufis mm -hmm. and all that. So the idea is, how do you? The shamanism thing is, I think, having direct experience mm -hmm. rather than using a priest, a rabbi, or whatever, mm -hmm. tell you the way to be or what is spiritual, what is God, and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Now, if an organized religion can contain your spiritual feelings. Mm -hmm and create the cultural support, which they often, that's their main function, fine. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't i don't want to challenge anybody who mm -hmm. believes in any religion and practices it. Mm -hmm. However, for us, people like me at least, mm -hmm. get disillusioned. I was raised Jewish. Mm -hmm. uh, with the traditional things, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm mm -hmm. still Jewish. Mm -hmm. But I needed to go and look at some of the other traditions mm -hmm spirituality and i read all about them mm -hmm. but then i had to want to i wanted to experience it mm -hmm. sephirothic tree the sephiroth mm -hmm. the mystical tree you know and right. that's in the book mm -hmm. that's in the book and it's a correspondence mm -hmm. to the other trees of life mm 
mm-hmm. the Nordic tree in Brussel or right. you know that you have in Native American cultures and Nordic cultures mm-hmm. these are archetypes yeah, the vertical they, axis that uh, mm-hmm. have correspondences in different cultures and mm-hmm. I think once you start realizing right this is not just your particular religion Mm-hmm. Try to find a way to find, mm-hmm. and I just had a need to have direct experience mm-hmm. rather than just believe what somebody tells right. me. Well, it's beautiful. I mean, you're you're really kind of uh, you're kind of painting the picture that Joseph Campbell so eloquently talks about in terms of world religions, world faiths, the monomyth. But then there is something there that uh, I also remember a beautiful quote by him. Uh, where he talks about the difference between religion and um, spirituality is like the difference between the me- the menu and the meal, you know. So you know, it's like like so you have all these organized religions, and they're all they've all got great menus, and they'll all tell you how it, it's made. But you know, the real question is is are you able to digest it? Does it really enlighten you? Does it fill you? Does it really you know, make you whole and get and energize you and make you complete. And you've done such a beautiful job of that in the book. Do you do you think that, uh, you know, we've seen are, are we in the are we at the beginning of a change in this, you know, religious art in the religious structures? Because, you know, like one, one of the things that between the church, I, I mean, maybe we're getting off topic here. But, you know, I guess the question I have is, a lot of people believe that we're in the midst of a new spiritual renaissance as well, an age of enlightenment, where people are realizing their interconnection with the earth, their interconnection with the planet, and a lot of these substances, you know, whether or not it's plant medicines or, you know, the whole process of, you know, whether or not it's cannabis or, you know, going up to ayahuasca. You know that they're opening up these channels or these these doors of perception that are giving them these direct experiences so they don't want to go to church they don't see the need to do that or go to temple or whatever what do you, what are your well, thoughts i if religion provides you the answers to your mm-hmm. questions about what is life about fine right. fine good but most people a lot of people are disillusioned by those rigid notions mm-hmm. but um what I liked about the shamanic approach and psychedelics is they're all make you more nature related. Mm-hmm. You start seeing the interconnectedness of ecosystems, your human side and how it connects to plants and stones mm. and the, the planet. It also connects you to cosmic regions, not just earth. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have these direct experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that I think the question is, is there going to be enough people, a critical mass of people who are interested in this kind of enlightenment or willing to do the hard work of uh, really making change before it breaks through into historical reality? And I think we're right in a tipping point with climate change and population explosion that uh, I don't know if there's going to be enough people in the world or even in our country that it's going to be able to create a major change. Hope springs eternal. And I, I have hope that maybe that will happen and there will be changes, whether it will be in, I doubt it'll be in my lifetime, Mm. 
or maybe a, a major cataclysm will need to occur. But uh, the hope is, is you know, my next book is called The Brilliant Earth that I'm mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we're going to, the human psyche and nature mm -hmm. are going to survive, who's going to, how are we going to mm -hmm. survive this? And I don't know. I, mm -hmm. some days I'm pessimistic, some days I'm optimistic. I, right. I don't have any. But no right. matter what, how pessimistic you a person feels about what's mm -hmm. happening in our culture with religion, mm -hmm. politics, blah blah blah, economics, mm -hmm. it's really important that each one of us as individuals mm -hmm. has to sort of, in their own psyche, create a positive image of how the world and the universe can mm -hmm. be. A higher vibration, yeah. Uh, with their intention, if mm -hmm. it was to manifest, right. how do you create the world? not to be narcissistic about it and that right. you and anyone has the power but if we give in to pessimism we're giving away our power mm -hmm. to other powers that be which are mm -hmm. so it's important that and that's one thing about psychedelics it can really mm -hmm. help you reorient you to mm -hmm. positive mm -hmm. values mm -hmm. about life nature right. and, and our uh, overall interconnectedness yeah interconnectedness which is very important yeah. very important and uh so i mean i don't that's know beautiful the that's I beautiful yeah. no that's beautiful i mean you you've really said it i mean because it really is about our impact on mother earth and the fact that we're all up from the earth you know we're all creatures of you know we're fed through the plants the fed through the air fed through the sun fed through the earth itself you know i mean this is this is life you know and and all the other stuff is just you know it's just dogma you know, in a, in a, in a big way. Right. I mean, you're getting down right down to the basics of it, you know? Well, I hope that, uh, anyone who reads the book will maybe it'll make them think a little mm -hmm. bit about some right. of the things that I, I raise and I'm being vulnerable by making myself an example mm -hmm. of experiences to help people see mm -hmm. what these medicines and mm. meditations, mm -hmm. not only just medicine, because as in the book, I also have a whole chapter. You haven't, I don't know if you've gotten there yet, yep. but on doing vision quests without medicine, mm -hmm. very, very powerful. I, I, I have it. I did that in the, up in Canada mm -hmm. in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. That was a, a very powerful experience, and I write all about that also. So medicines right. are good, and what used to be the only available to the mystics, the few mystics of our time, at least these medicines are opening up channels now to the average person mm -hmm. to have these experiences, which were just usually just uh, the mystics would be able to experience. And now many of us can experience it. I just hope that it's, it doesn't get so out of hand and so unregulated, people really wanting that quick answer. Mm -hmm. that, that right. People will see the seriousness of what our planet is going through mm -hmm. and, and how you can make changes by uh, looking within. And that's, you know, obviously mm -hmm. my Jungian background has turned right. me up within. And right. I took, saw that shamanism and these medicines mm -hmm. did not con contradict any of my previous things as a psychopharmacologist in psychiatry mm -hmm. or a Jungian analyst mm -hmm. evaluating dreams. Right. It took me to the next step mm -hmm. of direct experience. And as mm -hmm. I put it in the book, it's the mm -hmm. difference between sitting back and watching the movie and enjoying it right. versus being in the movie 
right. as an actor and you're interacting with everyone and it's right. real at the time. Right, right. And then you're integrating it into the real world because it is real. You know, these are not sort of psychotic delusions. You know, it's th these are real experiences that we're uh, we're going through. You know, it's just like waking. It's like waking up. It's like being in a dream, but really recognizing no, no, this is the interconnectedness of reality, and I just haven't seen it before. This it's is like, another another reality which another, I. Yeah, another door of perception. Yeah. I, I need to sort of see that as a reality mm -hmm. apart from consensus trance or consensus right. reality. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, well, three mm -hmm. months later, is this just a psychedelic fantasy that you mm -hmm. had and it's gone? Mm -hmm. Is it true or is it false? Mm. Well, I, I, my did you experience it or not? Yeah. I mean, you know, how I, can... I it doesn't matter to ask right. that question. Right. All right. you have to say is, does it cause you to change mm. and make the next step in a positive way in your life? Right. Right. Is it making you a better person? Are there things that you can do that are making you a better person and letting go of things that maybe baggage or stuff that you've carried behind that may be weighing you down and looking at life a little differently. Now what's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. As a matter of fact, exactly. these medicines have taken me to, as Jimi Hendrix said, mm -hmm. to the outskirts of infinity. I love that. I love However, that. Uh -huh. what did it do for me creatively? Mm -hmm. I sit there and play Appalachian mm -hmm. music on my banjo, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, tobacco's dripping down my chin, and I have a corn cob pipe in my mouth. And so, what the, is that psychedelic music? <laughs> no, no, it's, no, it's the, music, man. It's the voice of the uh, earth. I love it. I love it. Like, the Delta Blues with slide guitar, which I got into. That's the oh. voice of our people in this country. Oh, I love that. I and, love that. Uh, you know, Great. so to me, it's all interconnected. I asked Ralph, I said, I said before he died, I says, this music I do, it's not very psychedelic. And he says, that's not the important thing. Important thing is it's led you to creativity. Mm -hmm. And as you put it, action. But what I would say, I like the word manifestation. Mm, manifestation. How do you take right. a creative thought and manifest it in, in right. your daily life? And there are steps that you can do and what a therapist can help one do or meditations can help mm. you take that insight and mm -hmm. manifest. Right. Yeah, activate it, make it happen. So listen, uh, this has been a very rich conversation with you, Dr. Alex Chester. And well, I don't uh, think the book is going to make me very rich. Well, I don't think, no, maybe it That's doesn't not the whole point of it. I'm just kidding. No, of course, you know. Absolutely, absolutely not. But, you know, I, uh, but I really wanted to lift you up. I really want to lift that book up uh, a lot. And, you know, when we start taking a look at the book, how can people find out more about the book and uh, how can they get a hold of you again? Um, you know, just give us some insight because uh, you and I connected through a mutual friend. And uh, I'm really just so excited about what you're doing. So why don't you drop some oh, wisdom on us now? I'm just grateful and thankful that you have the interest, you know, because mm -hmm. you never know once you finish something, whether what's going to be like. But it's being published. I, I can't believe that I, I found a publisher who's willing to publish it, but he's very enthused about it. And uh, it's a small publisher called Regent Press in Berkeley. Okay. And... Uh, he, people can refer to him because right now the book is in between. I mean, 
I have a sample copy, but it was filled with a lot of uh, editing mistakes that I'm uh, going through and editing. It's back at the printer as we speak. Right. So this is this book is coming out. It's this this, this book is coming like out. The introduction. Huh? It's in production, and now right. we're in post production, really, because right. Right. Um, we will. So it's it's called Visionary Healing: Psychedelic Medicine and Shamanism. Mm -hmm. And I had the good fortune of having uh, Ralph Metzner's wife write a preface, mm -hmm. right? And uh, my friend Charlie Grobe, who's a eminent psych psych psychiatrist at UCLA mm -hmm. and a psychedelic researcher who's written books, write a foreword to it. So it's very insightful just reading the preface and foreword. But um, great book. I think it'll be out in one to two months. The latest. Okay, I, have to, I have to go through. They're going to send me another sample copy and but the covers and uh you know the library of congress have all the information right oh so, uh, and they could also contact you and beautiful uh, contact me right at the mindfulness experience at workmindfulness.com or alexander shester c uh, rather s-h-e-s-t-e-r dr alexander shester and again the name of the book is Visionary Healing, Psychedelic Medicines, and Shamanism. And this book, again, is just so filled with so many good things, shamanism, plant medicines, psychedelic medicines, and experiences, looking at uh, you know the folklore behind shamanism and other medicines, as well as getting into a whole appendix filled with uh, you know meditations, honoring the mutuality, receptivity, inter interdependence, and orientation, and balance. Loads of good stuff. Loads of good stuff coming from you, Dr. Shesley. Thank you. Are huh? you serious? You mean I wrote that? You wrote that, man. No kidding. <laughs> One thing I did want to add before we, yeah. we shut down. Yes, sir. Difference in this book and others, it's filled with beautiful visionary artwork. Not only oh, yeah. mine is not so great, but at least... Um, I have visionary artists from Peru who painted yep. these incredible pictures to give a person a visual experience of the psychedelic experience. Mm -hmm. And people from this country, from Canada. So it's it's an art book as well as an information book. Some of it incredibly juicy and don't let him tell you that he doesn't know how to paint. Like really, like some of it's so juicy with the sun and the moon, the, the womb, the ability to birth new realities. I mean, it really is an incredibly wonderful, heartfelt book. And thank I just, again, want to thank you so much, Alex, for being here and for dropping a lot of wisdom. I'm, you know, we've only really hit the top of the tip of the iceberg. So I hope I can get you back again on the show and we can go ahead and dive into this a little bit more. Yeah. It's my pleasure. I'd be happy to. And don't forget one thing that nature is erotic. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. It's it's a very erotic experience not in a sexual sense mm -hmm. i don't mm -hmm. mean it that way but it's sensual and we have to learn to love that mm -hmm. that's how we would save nature i think we have to learn to love nature mm -hmm. anyway that's uh my last oh my god oh thank you thank you so much thanks again Thank you for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience podcast. I hope you enjoyed this interesting conversation and the insights from Dr. Alexander Shester. I hope he gave you some insights about the world of shamanism and the use of psychedelic medicine 
the hopeful aspects as well as the shadowy side. We have other exciting guests that are coming up in the next few weeks. Please follow our podcast and connect. Leave us a review and suggest some topics that you'd like to hear from me as well as our guest. Connect with me on social media and visit my website at workmindfulness.com for more mindfulness experience moments. Thank you again, and I hope to see you on the next show. Take care.